0: This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store.
1: Live from inside an embryo jar in the Rani's Tardis, it's Doctor Who. Hot <sighs>
2: Let me help. Oh. Oh. Why did they attack you?
3: They didn't. They attacked the machinery.
4: That's right, miss. It was after smashing up machinery.
2: Oh, oh I'm lost. Why would anyone want to smash machinery? The
3: scale of robbing of their jobs. Maybe.
2: You suspect another motive?
3: Let's say I'm keeping an open mind. Can you stand? Odd oh. oh. that. Oh. Leaving Jack Ward behind? They're usually such mates. That's an unusual mark. How did you come by that? Oh, easy. Easy. Hey! Hey, steady! How
4: What's was trying to help. What's got in here, Jack? Can't fathom it. Never seen him like that before. Not
2: oh. well, so much of playing the Good Samaritan.
3: Oh, Mr. Stevenson's not going to be well pleased about machinery. I don't suppose he will. Stevenson? Waiting for them parts he is. George Stevenson. I sir. Do you know him? No, oh, of him. Perry, how would you like to meet a genius?
2: Thought I already had.
3: Hey, yes, yes, of course, but uh, I haven't changed the course of history. Indeed, I'm expressly forbidden so to do, but George Stevenson will.
2: Well, could that be what all this is about?
3: An astute observation, Perry. Can you give us a lift? The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor
1: Who Podchock, episode 301.
0: Uh, welcome to uh, episode 301, as Ian just said and this is
4: Since the earliest days of podcasting When classic Who was the only who There has always been Louis Trapani And that's why we call him the
5: Podfather.
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank Lee, Lee Shackelford, for that submission there. A couple episodes back, I did the little intros. Uh, one was an old one from uh, that Ian made for Dave, Dave AC Cooper, who's on the show with us. And um, and I did a, a on-the-fly intro using Danger Mouse theme music for Ian. And, um... And he, Lee felt that is um, I should have had a theme as well. So thank you, Lee, for that. And let me continue with the intros because uh, speaking of Ian and um, and Dave, both of them are on the show today. So uh, across the Great Pond is Mister Dave A. C. Cooper, and let's and I'll continue the tradition here.
1: Who is Dave A. C. the blogger? Podcast host, Doctor Who Fan, Wine Aficionado, and Gadget Guru. The man with the plan. The gentleman podcaster. Catch him on Doctor Who Podshock. The CIA podcast. And his very own VBlog at www. Dave A. C. Dot TV. He's suave. He's debonair. He's British. He is Dave. Dave A. C.
6: Dave. <laughs> well, if you can extend your hand all the way over the Atlantic, I'll kiss your ring. <laughs> Poor father.
0: <It's, laughs> I'm not going there. I I have I'll have to make you both an offer you can't refuse. Well it it's as I said, it's it's a little dated. Uh I think we need to uh Ian I think we need to work on updating his uh his little intro there. <laughs> yes,
1: I had had that thought.
0: Yes, <laughs> one of these days. And speaking of Ian. Take Ian Bissett. He's
5: terrific. He's magnificent. He's the greatest secret agent in the world. Danger Mouse. Ian Bissett. He's the fastest. He's the greatest. He's the best. Danger
0: Ian Bissett. Danger Ian Bissett.
5: Danger Ian Bissett. Bissett.
0: Sorry about that. <laughs> I, 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 that's the, the, the lousy part on my um, <laughs> contribution
6: now. Uh, qu- Quiky, <laughs> Lewis. Quiky.
1: Oh, Dave AC Fold.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, everybody. It's me, the guy with the wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ian is a uh, New Zealand transplant here on in, in the U.S. on... My side of the shore here, so uh, but though south of me in sunny Florida,
7: way
1: south, sunny, way south. yeah, yeah, I guess. Yes, <laughs> guess it's sunny, here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, the envy of all your winters. <laughs>
0: it's after our winter, I'll, I'll trade you. I'll trade you if you want to uh switch uh locations during the winter months. I'm all for it, I'll become a snowbird. <laughs>
1: There you go. Oh, well, you see, that's what I've never understood. You know, they call it, uh, you know, snowbird season,
0: but we're not allowed to shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless unless you stand, stand your see, ground, then, right? then, then yeah, it's
1: acceptable. Yeah, stand your ground in Florida.
0: <laughs> Let's
1: not go there. We're getting political now.
0: What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that snowbird was threatening me. <laughs>
1: do you have a snow monkey a <laughs> <The> typewriter
0: <laughs> i uh, have to look for one there. Oops. Ooh. Ooh. excuse me <laughs> that wasn't it
1: <laughs> just, just looking through the TARDIS for the for the, uh, <laughs> the newsroom <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, no monkeys. Uh, next time. Oh,
5: my. <laughs> oh, my.
1: Exactly.
0: So, uh. A- <laughs> so, now that all three of us are back together, do we have a show or are we just going to, like, you know, goof off?
1: We're going to play sound clips until the cows come home. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, let's uh I, I guess we should start the show and then I guess we usually start the show in the newsroom. So for that we have this. So first up in news, it's uh casting news. It's you know, this is the season uh the time of the year where the new the new series is in production and slowly you know, little Uh, trickles of information comes out and sometimes it's casting news and this is um the bbc has confirmed that actor tom riley is to appear in episode three of the new series which is uh coming out later this year i believe it's either late august or autumn or i'm not sure i last i heard it was august but i've heard others say um otherwise so
6: um, well, the episode three won't probably be until September because it's yeah. starting. I think the end of August. Yeah.
0: So I'm not really when I see his face here, and he kind of looks familiar. At first, I thought he was someone that might have appeared in Torchwood, but I don't think that's the case. He just has that familiar look to him. But he was. He has like, been in Casualty. Yeah, which I've never seen. So, but he's so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, I, 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 I don't mean anything by that. I'm just saying that he's, he, looks, he has a familiar face to me, but I didn't see Carol T. He, um,
6: I think he's been in a number of things, but definitely this will be his highest profile outing when it happens. And, of course, it's the Mark Gatiss episode that uh, is the third episode that he will be in. Mm-hmm. And Mark previous Gatiss. appearances
1: were lost in Austin... Centurion's 2 The Legend of Britain's Gold I think that also starred if I'm not mistaken it starred David Tennant could be wrong yes no, alongside it did, it did, it did. yeah
6: alongside David Tennant yeah
1: yeah alongside David Tennant so uh,
6: yeah that name rings a bell
1: yeah yeah uh, also uh, played uh, Leonardo da Vinci in uh, Da Vinci's Demons last year and as I said, uh, Casualty 1906 and Casualty 1907 by uh, Dr. James Walton. So uh, uh, those of you who follow a certain podcast's um, commentaries will <laughs> know the significance of Casualty. <laughs> Lewis is scratching his head right now. Don't get a splinter.
0: I, no, I, I wear gloves. You know, I learned my lesson the hard way. <laughs>
6: Yeah, the, I mean, the, this follows on from the... I think with news we already announced that Mark Gatiss had uh, confirmed that he would be commissioned to write two new episodes yeah. and will form part of the third production block of the series, directed by Paul Murphy, whose work includes uh, Wizards the Alien, Trolley, Casualty, Waterloo Road and Grange Hill. You know, there's quite a lot of information there in that little piece. That's the um, the, the main thing about Tom Riley. is just the sort of header
0: account of that mm. yeah uh, Gaddis was uh, quick to point out that he's been commissioned to write two stories but doesn't necessarily mean that both of them will be in the upcoming new series so you
6: know we know at least one will
7: right
6: so, so let's go and mention some of the others there or not it's quite a, a, a long list maybe we should just direct people to uh, dot net to the item
0: yeah, okay. Yeah, so there's other. Now, are these confirmed
6: people? There, or? Well, uh, they're not in the same episode. I mean, Epis- they're guest stars like- for episode six. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's quite a, a, a group there Nigel Betts, who played Eddie Hope in Emmerdale. Uh, mm-hmm. Edward Harrison, who's appeared in uh, roles as Doctors. Jimmy V, veteran of Doctor Who, whose previous roles include The Grask and The Moxa Balloon from Voyage of the Damned.
0: And if you were, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything spoilery about it. In case those are wondering, that I, I don't think any of these cast members are any that are giving anything away by announcing that they're, you know, will be starring in, in it. So, or co-starring, or whatever you want to call it, participating, acting. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: they're, they're, right. they're, basically they're not giving away any any character information. They're just saying that these people will. Um, Will be appearing. So, if you do follow the link and go and, and, and check out Doctor uh, there's very little information being given about any episode details. So,
5: hooray! Hooray!
0: So, moving on to uh, other news, which is sort of news. I, I don't know. It's uh, well, you know what they they did a séance and they 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 summoned up the spirit of John Pertwee, who's been dead for almost 18 <laughs> years, and they they said, "Well, what do you think of the new doctor that has been chosen?" Well, okay, not exactly that, but his son Sean Pertwee has uh, recently revealed that uh, that his father was very fond of of, of Peter Capaldi, and uh, um, he said he was a very lovely, extremely lovely gentleman, and he was uh, a very kind to his family and his father uh, when his father had passed away. I
6: am paraphrasing what he said here. So uh, yeah. yes, don't, don't forget Capaldi is fifty-five years old, so he's been around for some time as, a, as an actor. So um, yeah, he said they were and a the big two Doctor fans. Who fan.
0: So you know he he's no, sh- sh- you know it's not like you know he, he was un, you know indoctrinated from Doctor Who. He was he was always a big Doctor Who fan.
6: Yeah, uh, and and Sean also gave his thoughts on how the 55 year old Capaldi will fare after the fresh faced tenure of Matt Smith. I think he's going to bring some real gravitas and weight, which only comes with age. Oh, yes, it's so, so true. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, shut up, miss it. Uh, try, uh, <laughs> well, you take put it. on weight at the old age. Well, you I thought. got the
0: weight. I don't, I don't know about the gravitas, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good stuff there. Yeah. So uh, and also the related uh, that, news is that um Sean Pertwee is starring as Alfred the the butler in the new uh Gotham, you know, the the prequel to the Batman um I guess, you know, series. They they're working on this um show called Gotham and he's playing um Alfred, the, you know, uh Bruce Wayne's butler, which they released a photo of him and it's always a striking resemblance now as he's as Sean Pertwee is getting older you can see you can see more and more of John Pertwee in his face
6: right. uh, absolutely yeah um uh, the thing that I'm taking away from this uh, article from the Radio Times as well is the um, that uh, the Musketeer uh where of course uh, he played um not, I should say, Peter Copaldi played uh, Cardinal Richelieu, Uh, that concluded. Now, this article is dated the uh, 31st, 31st. isn't it, of of March, so uh, it's just finished. I must admit, um, although I've got all the the Musketeers episodes recorded on my uh, hard disk, I think I've only watched the first three, and... You know, I, I've still carried on recording it, um wasn't overly impressed with it. Very lavish production, um and I will get around to watching it, but um it it wasn't much uh was it must see TV as far as I was concerned. But that's not to detract from uh, the Peter Capaldi's uh you know uh part in that. But um I don't know. Maybe it was the the way it was introduced. I, f- I found it had. Um, I mean, for me, gee, <laughs> to me, the best d'Artagnan uh, was Gene Kelly, and that was a blooming musical. But the fencing in that was so stupendous. Um, the thing about uh, the Musketeers I was drawn to was expecting to see some fabulous fencing, and um, it didn't particularly look that good. Um, but of course, as I say, I've got those episodes on the recorder. Uh, they may well have been fantastic. Um, I don't know what other people think of that series if they've seen it. Yeah, I haven't. I'm too busy watching House of Cards at the moment to tell you the truth. Which is well, that's
0: not Doctor Who. Yeah, I, I <laughs> haven't seen it, but I know it's gotten a lot of praise. Absolutely. So I think Ian might want to introduce the next story, which um, because he's a yes. subscriber to it.
1: Yes, I don't know how how um, recent it is. Um, but for those of you who don't know, like I didn't know until, um, I did a nice little search on, uh, on my Roku. Um, uh, I have found out that Hulu, uh, Hulu plus actually has added a lot more, uh, classic Dr. Who episodes. Um, uh, prior to this, they had, I think, um, uh, one from Hartnell, uh, one story from William Hartnell, one story from Pat, uh, Patrick Troughton. Uh, I think two, um, third Doctor stories, and uh, then one from each of the other Doctors. Maybe a couple of couple of Tom Baker's. But now there's, um, we've get. Um, uh, a plethora, really, to choose from. I mean, there's some things that are missing, but compared to what we had gotten before um, on the likes of Netflix, there is a lot of classic Doctor Who. So if you've been looking for some some things to watch or or to try and get people into to watching classic Doctor Who, then I really do have to recommend, and, and I don't normally kind of push these things on people or try and recommend uh, a paid service, but if you're looking for some classic Doctor Who without going out and buying the DVDs and, and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. getting people into the classic series, then Hulu Plus is the place for you. Um, I've been catching up on uh, some Pertwee stories. I just got done with uh, The close of Axos um, earlier this evening uh, and uh, started into Colony in Space uh, and... I mean, even the, the, the earlier episodes, um, the, the Mind Robber, I think, I'm not sure if they had that before on, on there or not. Um, they've got quite a few William Hartnell episodes, um, episodes of The Chase, Space Museum. Uh, they've got The Aztecs on there, which I know was was quite popular on, on most of the services. But, uh, um, yeah, it's... It's great, actually. And and the other thing that Hulu has done uh, that I, re- I recently discovered, too, is that they're, with the exception of the 50th anniversary special and the Christmas special, uh, they are all up to date with uh, the new series as well. Um, they've added the second half of, what is it, Series 7.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so Series 7 is now complete on, on Hulu, where it is not the case on, on Netflix. So whatever it is that Hulu's doing, whatever deals they're making, um, they're the ones to watch for uh, uh, for Doctor Who, I guess. So yeah,
0: and this isn't uh, a, um, a a paid ad or anything, but we, it's just a you know we're just no. giving you that information. It, it's I'm just seven, very very happy. <laughs> it's seven ninety nine a month. I just looked it up. If you if mm. you're interested, at least it's in the U. I'm I'm assuming this is U.S. only. I don't know if they if this extends across the U.S. borders. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I – I I know that a friend of mine in New Zealand was going to have a look at Hulu and and and, and check that out. Um, so I don't know what the availability is, you know, in other countries. If the service is the same, um, I yeah I I couldn't really tell you, uh, but if I do find out, then I'll let you know. Um, the downfall really to Hulu is that it does have commercials.
0: See, now you, pay you pay, see, that's not yeah. right. So you're paying, you're, you're paying I, a monthly fee, plus it has commercials.
1: You see, I pay, pay pretty much exactly the same amount for Netflix, and I don't have to deal with commercials. So I don't quite understand. The one thing that Netflix, I mean, that Hulu does that Netflix doesn't is you get current episodes of TV shows. Um, for example, Arrow. Um, you'll get them... I think it's something like five to seven days after they've screened or, or or maybe it's less now that's, I think the reasoning behind their, um, the commercials is that's how they get you, um, new episodes of TV shows is by having limited commercials. They usually have about, uh, th- at least three for a half hour show more for a, a full hour. So, or should I say forty five minutes. Um, so that's the downside. But
0: I'm, I'm on the that good page news now is with, looking at their catalog. It's it does I mean, like you said, they don't have everything, but they just an impressive lineup here, you know. do yeah. um, so you
1: have a nice selection of, of episodes? I'm um, I'm I'm kind of I'm doing the thing that I should have done, you know, a few years ago. But, but when you're when you're in Doctor Who clubs and stuff like that, and you're watching stuff, you're usually kind of uh, socializing at the same time. The episode's on, and you don't get to watch everything. Um, and so I'm going back, really, and kind of discovering all the stuff that I haven't either probably haven't seen in a very long time since I was a child.
0: And you could try or it for Or stuff free. that I may not
1: have ever... Yeah, you can try it for free for like a month. So uh, it, it's worth taking a look at I mean uh, like like Lewis said this isn't we're not being paid to, to advertise Hulu um, I'm just really kind of excited at the fact that finally um, somebody's actually added especially it being the the, the 50th anniversary that somebody's added more Doctor Who I had a go at Netflix on Twitter um, about six months ago saying you would think that being the 50th anniversary of the show that you would have added more classic episodes.
0: Well, I know um, with like iTunes, a lot of a lot of the classic episodes there are stuff that I already have on DVD, so I hadn't really bothered mm-hmm. much with with iTunes as far as you know older. You know, I, I I get like the new Doctor Who episodes that that you know obviously when they come out, but uh, the the older ones I don't I hadn't bothered with because I have them on um, DVD, and I I guess I should look into um, what Amazon Prime has to offer. I, I think. I'm not sure if they have any Doctor Who in there. When you're a Prime member, there are certain sections uh, that, that they give you as part of the membership, and then others that you need to purchase or rent, whatever. Right. So, the, the, the,
1: yeah, the, um, with them, the thing that annoys me is um, things like Smallville, you've got to pay for. Um, I'm waiting for somebody to start streaming Smallville, uh, but this is a Doctor Who podcast. Last time I looked on Amazon Prime, they had, I think, exactly the same selection as as Netflix did, which Mm -hmm. was, like I said, one from Hartnell, one from Troughton, maybe two from Pertwee, which is, uh, I think they had The Three Doctors plus, I think,
0: Spearhead from Space. Like a sample. Uh,
1: Right. And the odd thing is that, that Netflix has done is they've got... All but one story from the key to time, which makes no sense. They're missing like, um,
0: yeah, that's you want to have that complete. What it is now,
1: but they it, right. It's like what? What's the point? it's the whole you? story don't realize yeah. what you've put up.
0: Yeah, it's like
5: <laughs>
1: I don't know if it's the conclusion or the 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 or the second to the last story in the key to time that, that they're missing but it's just one of those things it's just why? and then they've got uh, I think they've got one of two Peter Davidson stories um, I think they completely missed Colin Baker um, and then they've got uh, I want to say uh, this one with the hemophores. Uh Curse of Fenric Mm. Curse of Fenrir, But uh, yeah, Hulu's really kind of done done their uh done their best. And they even follow up saying that, you know, um it's not everything, but we, we hope you kind of enjoy what they've got, you know. Um the thing that bothers me about Netflix is you can get so many episodes of Doctor Who on disk um if you do the disc service. You know, and have them Mm -hmm. um, email mailed out to you.
0: Well, I would imagine you can't. I would imagine uh, everything that's available on DVD is available through Netflix uh, disc through with their disc program. Right,
1: which is why I don't understand that they don't have more available streaming. You know, why not switch them out, take down the ones you've got, and put up new ones?
0: Um, Yeah, that might have to do with licensing. The one thing that
1: annoys me about disc services is that you'll get one disc. Because um, a lot of the, the disk sets now are two disks where all the extras are on one disk and, you know, the stories on the other. It's like, well.
0: Well, that's the advantage you know, of the disks is is the extras as well. You, you miss that on the streaming right. services.
5: Right.
0: But it's,
1: right. it's nice to be able to catch up. Like I said, you know, um, being able to watch stuff that I haven't seen in a very long time. Especially since I was a kid, and you get to appreciate it in a whole different way. Um,
0: mm-hmm, absolutely,
1: you know, watching Mister Chin from the Mrs. Tree doing his darndest. <laughs>
6: No. I think it's slightly different here in the UK. I mean, we have the we have the main things like Sky who've now brought out their own little box called Now TV and Next Netflix is gaining traction and uh, that's taking over from Love Film and um, then we have uh, you know Virgin TalkTalk Talk, BT uh, who are trying to you know you know leverage uh, fast internet connection now uh, taking over from satellite. But in the UK, I think most of the Doctor Who at the moment is via a small channel, satellite channel called Watch, that has uh, quite a lot of uh, Doctor Who, the Doctor's Revisited episode guide. Uh, it has torchwood on, um, uh, lots of things like uh, that. Um, so in the UK, at least, it's uh, an actual... Uh, watches the channel to catch up on your Doctor Who at the moment. And, of course, BBC Three, and that's a little bit of a bone of contention, the place where you can usually catch, um, you know, repeats of Doctor Who. They've just had, uh, they've just gone through, uh, you know, uh, the, the the Pandorica and the, the Big Bang and so on. But uh, they're talking the BBC of actually closing uh, BBC Three and making that an internet, channel only on the BBC iPlayer. So things are a little bit in flux here in the UK mm-hmm. for people who want to catch, uh, you know, certainly Classic Who uh, and uh, BBC Three has been the one place to catch new Who but repeated. Uh, and at least that has gone to... The, the sad thing for me, of course, is that BBC Three has gone HD and now they're talking about closing it in the next 12 months and taking it online. Well, I mean, we are. I mean, things are definitely changing. There's definitely, uh, you know, um, uh, the success of things like the Apple TV uh, yeah, well, uh, here in the UK. The Now TV, Netflix, has probably been the biggest, you know, pebble in the in the pond, as it were, in terms of all the ripples it's caused here.
0: Well, just today, Amazon announced the, and uh, released their their new box, their new set top box, Qualifier. Fire TV, which um, which may or may not carry Hulu. I'm not sure. I know Apple TV carries Hulu, uh, Roku carries Hulu. A, a lot of, a lot of streaming, you know, your Xbox and whatever, you know, have Hulu, so you can watch it on your, you know, on your on your big screen TV. You don't it's, you don't you can watch it via the web, but you don't necessarily have to. You know, iPads and they have Hulu apps for that too, and probably you know. I don't mean to, uh, to I'm right. sure on Android as well, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, yeah, Hulu's calling out to me. It's saying, Hulu, Hulu. Yes.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I'm, 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 <laughs> I, I, not that I'm not that I'm saying anything bad about, you know, some of the classic episodes, but I'm kind of forcing myself into, into watching some of these ones that, you know, before I hadn't looked at, especially the black and white ones, because, you
0: know, Oh, you gotta force yourself to watch Doctor Who. Oh bloody hell! I gotta watch Doctor Who. Nothing wrong with
6: black and white. No, there no, home?
1: there isn't. But you know, there's this kind of like, well, you know. But I'm I'm discovering Doctor Who in a you know in a new way, and uh, you know, being forty odd, um, no. <laughs> You get to appreciate it in a whole different way, you know. Uh, but before, when I was a kid, you know, you, th- there's that attitude of like, well, it's black and white; it must be boring, you know. And that kind of tends to kind of carry over until you start really kind of watching these, and, and that's where I'm at right now. You know, is um, you know, I mean, I watched the Aztecs. What was it last year? I was like, you know what, this isn't
6: bad at all. <laughs> um, go ahead. I was just saying say, I mean, that uh, confounds me somewhat. It doesn't take a lot, I know. But, I mean, first of all, I, I've always been really pushing for better and better technology. You know, I'd, I just mentioned about BBC3 going high definition and, uh, and things like that. And I remember having a big argument with my daughter when she liked this new group, as I th- saw them they called Oasis. They're going to be bigger than the Beatles. And the sound was really muddy. And I said, well, you know... I have campaigned and loved CD-quality sound, and and this sounded really muddy and all... You couldn't tell the different tracks or anything. You couldn't tell the different instruments. And she said, well, that's trying to get the live sound. And then I remember with The Sun, uh, when the cartoon South part came out, and I couldn't understand South but I said... Your know, animation is getting so brilliant and they have these blooming cardboard cut-out figures. <laughs> it's going backwards. Things are going backwards. Oh, yeah. So, yet yeah, the kids that can love South Park and can still appreciate that, I mean, obviously it's very satirical, but it's very simplistic uh, animation, isn't it? Right. Well, think of Dots Who, classic Doctor Who, as simple uh, picture-telling, but the stories are still brilliant.
1: Right, I'm not saying anything wrong with it. It's just it's one of those things that it's that carry over from being a kid if you know when your parents used to put on a an old movie and I you don't know. know
0: what kind of parents you had that Yeah, but i I grew up watching old black and white Albert and Costello movies, and i i you know I didn't have that right. that bias built into me so i i, you know, I I'll, I'll it's watch one of those things it's movies. just
1: you know it stuck with me it's like um. Most of the sci-fi movies that I grew up watching, except for um, oh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. I love The Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, my favorite black and white movies ever. Um, invasion
6: of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy. That's a good
1: one too. Actually, I was thinking about that one the other day. There was a truck driving down the street, and it had some um, some plastic bags in the back, and it was just <laughs> it was kind of like the truck at the very end where he's hanging off of it, going no.
5: Nah, it's too late they're already here <laughs> um, yeah
1: that's all I could think of it's all I could think of when I saw this this truck I was like, I used to mention a guy hanging off the back of that guy. they're already, here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's enough of of, of that news and, and me looking quite um red faced over my admonishment of um black and white episodes. <clears throat> But no, no. I'm just saying it's a good thing now. I'm, I'm, I'm watching them. So yes. Bleh.
0: <laughs> All right, you're forgiven.
1: I think it's it for news, isn't it?
6: <laughs> yes, it's kind of done news. Aren't these episodes always longer when Ian's on. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know because I never have anything to say. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, we'll be right okay. back with our review. I mean, we didn't even announce what we're reviewing yet, but you know what? I won't say it now. You'll have to stay tuned. We'll be right back with our review of Doctor Who. <laughs> You're listening to Doctor
3: Who Podjog. This is Colin Baker.
0: The story we are reviewing today introduces a new villain into the Doctor Who lore, and it also reintroduces the Master, who we had assumed was destroyed in the previous story. Not necessarily, never when it comes to the Master. So because of that, our selection for our audiobook this week is going to go back to the, well, I won't say the last time, but... One of the times that we... Well, I, I would say through the last time that we did have a Time Lord that was introduced as a villain into the series, the Master himself. The story is Doctor Who and the Terror of the Autons. It's written by Terrence Dix. It's narrated by Jeffrey Beavers, who plays an incarnation of the Master himself in the series, though you might not recognize him facially. Now, this is going to be our selection for Audible. As you probably know, if you're a listener to Dr. Who Podshot on a a regular basis, Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150 titles to choose, 150,000 titles, that is, to choose from in all different genres, uh, be it thrillers, sci-fi, comedy, romance, business. They have it. They got it covered. Audible titles will play on your iPhone, Kindle, Android, For more than 500 devices for uh, listening anytime and anywhere. And for you, listeners of Dr. Who Podchok, Audible is offering you a free, yes, a free audio book download with a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check them out. If you decide it's not for you, fine. You cancel. You keep your audio book. It's yours to keep. To download your free audio book, simply go to audibletrial.com. Slash again, that's audibletrial.com slash podchock for your free audiobook. And if you're driving or you just can't write that URL down you can't go to it now, no problems. Go to podchock.net and there'll be links to it there as well. So once again, um, our sele- now you can choose whatever you like. We like to make a selection each week as a possible selection for your free audiobook and usually try to make it relate to something relevant to what we're might be discussing in the episode. And um, like I said, we are reviewing a particular story, a story that introduces a new villain into the Doctor Who mytho- mythos. And so we're going back to when the master was introduced. So this is uh, Terror of the Autons. It's called Doctor Who and the Terror of the Autons. It's Again, it's written by Terence and narrated by Jeffrey Beavers. Here's a little snippet from the audiobook.
7: But Rossini had his own way of making money. He hired only the deadbeats, the down-and-outs of the circus profession, those who, for one reason or another, could never get a job with the big, posh outfits. Some were too old or too incompetent. Some, like Tony the strong man, were on the run from the police. Rossini hired them all and paid them starvation wages, knowing they wouldn't dare to ask for more. All the profits went into his own pockets, paying for the flashy suits, the diamond rings and the big cigars that fitted Rossini's picture of himself as an international showman. Anyone who objected was soon beaten into submission by Rossini's big fists. He had a right to his perks. He was the boss, wasn't he? Things were looking particularly good this week. One of the bigger circuses had been closed down by flu, and by a bit of quick moving, Rossini had been able to take up their booking. For once, the Circus Rossini had a decent pitch, a nice little field on the outskirts of a fair-sized market town. There was every chance of a good crowd when they opened up in the morning, a decent few quid in the kitty for once. Not that it would make any difference to the rest of the circus folk— but Luigi Rossini was already thinking about a new car, one of those nice big American jobs, a Cadillac or a Chevrolet. Rossini produced a big cigar, lit it with a flourish, and prepared to start bullying his crew to get a move on. They'd have the big top up and the seats prepared before any of them stopped for food or rest. And naturally that didn't apply to the boss. After he'd got them all toiling, he'd go back to his luxurious caravan and demolish a cold chicken and most of a bottle of whiskey. Suddenly Rossini heard a strange noise, a sort of wheezing, groaning mechanical sound. It seemed to come from the furthest corner of the field. There, under the shade of a few trees, was parked the horse box which held Madame Mariella's prancing ponies, three worn-out old nags who could hardly manage a gallop, let alone a prance. To his astonishment, Rossini saw that another horse-box was parked beside it. But this was a horse-box of a very different sort, glossy and gleaming, brand-spanking-new, the sort of horse-box to carry derby winners to the race-course. But what was it doing in his field? Why hadn't he seen it drive in? Angrily, Rossini strode towards it. He peered suspiciously into the driver's cab. It was empty. Rossini marched round to the back and hammered on the rear doors. But as soon as his fist touched the door, he snatched it back in dismay. The horse box tingled. He felt a hum of suppressed power, almost like an electric shock. The rear door snapped open, and a man stood looking at him.
0: Again, that's uh, Dr. Who and the Terror of the Ortons, and... We see the introduction of the master in that clip. You almost, you get to the point where um, he is he is introduced. So uh, to download your free audiobook, once again, go to audibletrial.com slash podchock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podchock for your free audiobook. Also, just to clarify what I said earlier is that in the previous story to the one that we're reviewing today, I said that the Master was destroyed. I meant the previous Master story, not the direct previous story to the one that we're reviewing today in this episode of Dr. Kupachok. Just to clarify, I meant the previous story that had the Master in it, which actually is a Peter Davison story. Oh, now I'm giving it away. All right, well, without any further ado, let's go to our review.
4: Are doing here? That's easy. He's one of brainy ones that
3: arrived
2: early for this meeting.
4: I come to rob us of war jobs. Hold hard. I intend you no harm.
2: Talks funny daunty. Hold hard. This hard enough.
4: Imbeciles! you incapable of using your brains. What advantage do you think that would bring you? You let the man you should have destroyed go free. Are dead. I was on a boat. In the lane. He pretended to help you. <laughs> help? He's a friend of Stevenson's, an inventor. He's here to mechanize the mine. Snore, what he's getting at, Jack? Uh, he's just trying to save his own skin. Ask him. Mm-hmm. Ask him why he's trying to take the bread out of your mouth. You do more than ask. Where is he just snore? He's gone into the pit. You can't mistake him. He's mean-looking. Wears yellow trousers and a vulgarly colored coat. But go carefully. He's treacherous. Paul,
2: Sorry. What are we doing here anyway?
3: Looking for George Stevenson.
2: Well, he we could be anywhere.
3: Absolutely anywhere.
2: Even underground. Harry,
3: you really do have an extraordinary capacity for seeking out danger. Doctor. You ought to learn to avoid situations where
2: Doctor. Harry,
3: get out of here.
2: What about you? Don't argue.
3: Just
7: go. Now, 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 gentlemen, gentlemen, please. I'm
3: I'm sure we can come to to some amicable understanding. Come on, please, please. Please. Now you've gone too far. After all the effort that went into making that.
0: And we're back with Dr. Podschuck. This is Louis Trapani, and also uh, back with us is uh, Dave Cooper and Ian Bissett. And we, if you haven't picked up yet from the clips that we played uh, just now and also at the top of the show we are reviewing Mock the Mock of the Rani which uh, sadly is uh, due to uh, the loss of Kate Mara earlier this week and as a tribute to her and um, in memory of her we, we figured we would do it seemed to be a timely review uh, we had already reviewed Time of the Rani back I think it was around uh, about four years ago when uh when um the tenth doctor was about to regenerate into the eleventh doctor, we did a series of Doctor Who uh, reviews on Doctor Who Podcast that were we, we had reviewed all the regeneration stories. So Tom and the Rani it was it's actually the the sixth through to the seventh Doctor regeneration story and we reviewed it then. So we hadn't reviewed Mark and the Rani, so that's um, that's the reason why we're you know we're reviewing it now. So as always, yeah.
5: spoilers, spoilers again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers.
0: All right. So as you know, spoilers. as you get the hang of it, spoilers. there will be spoilers if you haven't seen this episode yet.
1: Spoilers, spoilers. There will be spoilers then.
0: Yes, yes. I should say, I haven't seen this story yet. It's it's actually two episodes, though. They're 45 minutes each, so um, you know it would it'd be normally a four-parter story in the traditional format of Doctor Who back in the day. So uh, they did it. They they experimented um, in this season, in this series, with doing 45-minute episodes, which I had forgotten. Once I put the DVD in and I uh, <laughs> I went to rewatch it for our review. I'm like, and I, I, that immediately as the screen came up, I'm like, how come only two episodes are showing up? And then I immediately remembered, oh, yes, they were 45 (laughs) minutes.
1: (laughs) Yes, that means uh, Colin Baker only had to go, oh, no, Perry, twice in one story.
0: (laughs) So this is written Mm. by uh, Pip and Jane Baker, a husband and wife, writing team.
1: Mm. (laughs) 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 The 70s called, they want their clothes back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and it's uh, directed by Sarah Hellings, and uh, I, we should also note that, you know, Pip and uh, Jane Baker went on to also write, uh, I think, The um, Time of the Rani, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So this introduced wow. yes. this introduced the character of the Rani. It was, uh, this, it took, I, I, I should also say that this went out on February the 2nd and February 9th, of 1985. And, um, I'm pointing that out because <laughs> I, <laughs> I may have, se- well, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember the exact date, but, uh, I may have seen this in, um, in conjunction with those in the UK, if not sooner, because, uh, John Nathan Turner and Colin Baker were at a convention in February of 1985, um, in, in Pennsylvania. And I was in attendance and, they previewed a lot of the new Colin Baker uh, episodes. So I, I got... It was a special treat because Colin Baker was also in the audience while we were watching it on this big... It was like the first time seeing Doctor Who on a big screen because they... It, it, it's, uh, I just hit my microphone. I'm um, sorry about that. I'm so excited. <laughs> but there's... Because uh, I'm talking with my hands, which I shouldn't really be doing with an audio podcast because it makes no sense. Only I can see myself. So it's a huge screen because it was a convention center and it was um, it was the first time seeing, you know, uh, for myself, seeing Doctor Who on, on the big screen, so to speak, which they projected. And John Nathan Turner brought over a lot of the new Colin Bakers, which... Hadn't been shown in the U.S. at all. So, in fact, I think some of the episodes we might have previewed hadn't been shown in the U.K. yet. I mean, they were about to, but it was um, it was a real treat. So, and I think this was one of them. So, there's a bit, a bit of nostalgia there for me. I'm sorry. I think Dave. You did,
6: did he say? Did, did, he, did he say? Lock the doors. You're going to watch Vengeance on Varus <laughs> <laughs>
0: He, um, I know Attack of the Cybermen was one um, I'm pretty sure uh, I could be mistaken, maybe Mark of the Round he wasn't I, you know, memory sometimes um, plays tricks on you, especially on me so, but I he definitely, you know, showed a few of the new Colin Baker stories and, um, and like I said, Colin Baker actually was in the audience you know commenting, you know, it wasn't a commentary, but you know, he once in a while you would hear him say something so it just it just added to the delight
6: before we just uh, talk about it uh, i want to give uh, ian a bit of a shout out because um, as you said this uh, this was on uh, february 2nd and 9th uh, 1985 and this is uh, season 22 uh, ian gets about me. He, he says i go on a lot of podcasts but he was uh, with brent on the quest is the quest and i think uh, you Got season twenty two to talk about, didn't you? Yes, I do believe we did. Yeah. So uh, you can hear not only Ian's thoughts today on PodShock, but you want to
1: contradict
6: myself. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to on the quest is the quest, find him on the dot Doctor, uh, .dot Doctor who podcast alliance page. or look it up on Google, and the episode that dealt with season twenty two. One of the longest episodes of The Quest is the Quest. Ian is on that it one. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: wasn't, was it?
6: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it has something to do with Iranian time dilation, I think.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um... It's. I, I think we're. Getting, I, I'm, I'm jumping. No, well, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, I don't know. It's. It's. We already did the spoiler alert. But um, j- speaking of time dilation, towards the end of this episode, i I mean, again, we're assuming you've seen it already. Um, there's an instance where this this time spillage in the in the Rani's TARDIS, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't that the same thing that happened in Journey through Journey to the Center of the TARDIS? Um, most recently it wasn't there it wasn't the 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 fact that um you know the, the, that we were seeing it was leaking yeah yeah so it was i, I thought that was a nice little you know continuity you know um Link up, link down. There.
6: Oh, there's lots of things like that. I mean, if you want to jump around like that, I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a part in here where the, the Doctor is strapped to like a mining trolley. Well, actually, ah, a, a mm-hmm. trolley of their arms. I know where so, you're okay. going with this. And that reminded me Spearhead from Space yes, and the
0: third Doctor. Exactly. I thought the same thing.
6: So, basically... Yeah, so lots of things like that. This is a
0: historical episode in the, in, to the fact that this takes place... During the Industrial Revolution, you know, there, there's uh, some characters there that have that are, uh, you know, actual historical historical figures like you know George Stevenson and uh, um, you know. So of, of course, are day and yeah.
1: I, I Bill mean,
0: gone are the days of pure historical stories in Doctor Who. So it's it's always going to have mm. some sort of sci-fi element with the. But it's it's nice when they do have historical episodes, and as I always say, I always love stories that have a lot of location shooting, and this is one of them where the, there's a lot of location shooting there. Um, uh, you know, they used um, this um, facility, the, um, the Iron Bridge Gorge Museum, as a shooting location, which added some authentic- authenticity to uh, to this story.
6: More. It's one of these and, um, active
1: active museums that that they actually like show uh, the techniques that were used for mining et cetera you know back when the facility was active so it's one of those it's a great location to be used for 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 a story like this because you know you really get these things moving and you know um, you know proper looking period piece Mm -hmm. you know you you get that here
6: in the US and absolutely fabulous. I mean, I think it's a very small area. I mean, they made it look a little bit more established mm. than it was. But um, uh, later I'll talk a little bit about some of the extras on the DVDs. And uh, it shows you uh, the site that they used, uh, which is is not in the same location as the, the accents would have you uh, believe uh, uh, some very funny uh, accents in there where they think that the Doctor talks with a funny accent. Uh, uh, well, in fact, the Master as well. But, um, and we should say that, that uh, although this is the mark of the Rani, it's one of the few stories where we have three time laws in yeah, the episode.
0: Because yeah. not only is it the introduction to the Rani, but it's also the return of the Master. And interesting enough, we, we get no explanation on... How he returned, because we we've seen him um, destroyed in in the in the previous story by a Peter Davison's story uh, was it Planet of Fire or um, yeah
1: yeah Planet of Fire in the uh, in, in uh, the gas chamber uh, burned alive basically. So we are led to believe,
6: and the Doctor believes. Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, yeah. before we go
6: um, any further, no and-
8: oh, welcome. Um, You're not.
4: Fascinating. But then anything connected with you would undoubtedly be fascinating, my dear Ronnie.
8: I thought that last mad scheme of yours had finished you for good.
4: (laughs) You jest, of course, I'm indestructible. The whole universe knows that.
8: Is that so?
4: (laughs) Really, my dear Ronnie, you and I should be friends. I'm one of your greatest admirers.
8: Oh, don't bother with flattery. I know why you're here. I saw the doctor.
4: Then you know why I need your cooperation.
8: Cooperation? I want nothing to do with you.
4: You'll change your mind when you hear my proposition.
8: I am not interested in your pathetic vendetta, one way or the other. Now, clear off and let me get on with my work.
4: If only it were that simple. However, I'm afraid you've very little choice. Either you collaborate or I bring this little venture to an extremely untimely end. Josh,
8: Tom, kill! No, Josh! Stand still! You and the doctor are a well-matched pair of pests. You bring nothing but trouble. Now I need a new assistant.
4: I wasn't wrong. I knew with you as controller it wouldn't be hypnotism, not from a chemist of your caliber. What are they? Parasite, you've specially impregnated.
8: Well, a simple way to find out. Why not try some?
4: Thank you, I won't. But I can envisage an occasion when they may serve an excellent cause.
8: I was offering you one, not the lot.
4: I assure you, your generosity will not be wasted.
0: Uh, so it's it's great seeing these two characters working together. I mean, we've seen the Master, you know, elicit help from other people, but he was always the, the Master in, in charge, and here now he has someone of equal caliber, the Rani, and he's... Uh, Collaborating together with those and and up against
6: the doctor, right? Yeah, and she's a nice nice counterpoint. Uh, I mean, I think she's a very interesting character because um, she's not, you know, she's not uh, involved with trying to uh, uh, suppress Earth or whatever. In fact, she she's uh, she has her own planet, her own people mm-hmm. that right. she uh, is is the leader of, and that's referred to in the story. Uh, and basically, she's a uh, a scientist yeah she she wants to do her her own work
0: but uh, you know she's not looking for world you know universal domination she's looking to do what she wants to do and she doesn't want anyone to interfere with what you know her her plans and but it's not you know it's it's not a big vendetta she's a scientist but she's a
1: bit yeah she's a bit of a um evil one at that i mean it's 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 science for pure science you know regardless of what the the uh the means are, you know, mm. um, she'll experiment on anybody or anything to get the results that she wants. So, yeah, I mean- in, in in that regard, yes, she is evil, but it's a different kind of evil from the master. The master just wants to control and lead and 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 rule, uh, whereas the Rani just—it's just for science.
6: Well it, yeah it, I mean in some ways it 's rather worse in what effect because she she you knows she doesn 't think of people as actually having a, a you know, a soul or a body uh, it, i mean it 's not inferred in this story in, in any which way at all but if if you wanted to think of a a real life comparison you 're talking about Dr. Mengel or somewhere like that you know from the, you know one of the the experimenters from the you know the Nazi uh, Death camps or whatever, where basically she just sees the human beings as as fodder for her experiments. Now, in this case, you could argue that it's not just an experiment; she's extracting this vital something like dopamine, I think you would call it uh, equivalent in in the real world uh, from these brains uh, because um, because that's something that uh, is is required back on her home world. It, it induces and, um, sleep. It
0: induces okay. sleep. So when you When she extracts it, these uh, people, mostly men in this episode, are go without sleep and then they they get a bit wiry.
6: Yeah, Mm. Uh, I mean, I think the the closest relationship to hers as a time lord is probably the meddling monk, uh, Mm. if you can go back that far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Interesting thing about this story that that I didn't realize is. this is the last Doctor Who story to have a female director until the episode Blink. Really? was directed by Eddie McDonald. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. that's It's stunning that, that, that it took that long again before we had... I mean, I know that there weren't uh, a lot of episodes <laughs> after following this one, but uh, yeah.
6: Yeah. And uh, uh, one of the things, if... Uh, I'll jump in about the extras now. One of the extras is um, an interview with uh, Pip and Jane Baker. And one of the things that they say when they were approached to actually do this, um, they were um, they weren't told, um, you, know, ha- you know, how to bring this person to life. Um, so it was their decision that it was going to be a female Time Lord. It was their decision uh, that it was going to be, you know, a scientist in the sort of... Um, you know, emotionally bereft scientist at that, uh, apparently they, they had, um, at the time the script came to them or this outline that, that they were working on, and this is, as I say, one of the extras on here, uh, and very prolific extras there are indeed on this DVD release, mm. um, they, um, they actually had a, a, a chemist friend of theirs staying, yeah. and, and he was working on uh, uh, things of this nature, and uh, so it, it, it was a little bit of serendipity, really, that um, uh, they had this relationship. They were the people chosen, but they had the foresight that um, s- to see that this would work extremely well. I mean, I, I uh, when I watch things like, um, I don't know, Spider-Man or, or Batman, I, I always bemoan the fact that, you know, they have, t- you know... Th- th- They're always up against two villains. They can't have just one storyline. There always has to be two villains Mm. in it. Mm. And sometimes you could have argued, especially like you said, Lewis, you you look at the DVD, there's only two episodes, admittedly, the double-length ones, so let's call it a four-part story. But to actually uh, manipulate the storyline where you have three very, very powerful and on-screen important characters... The, the doctor, the master, and the rani, and give them each sufficient storyline and reason to be there, and then the conflicts that that, that brings together enhances the story. It just does not you know, you, you know, the the, the rani is not merely the pawn of the master. Um, she has her own facilities. Indeed, there's a couple of instances in the uh, in the storyline where the master, you know, uh, congratulate the rani. In fact, the doctor does when he goes into. Her, um, uh, and, and one great thing is, uh, it made me think of the 10th Doctor in uh, Is It Silence in the Library, where he suddenly realises he can click to open the door. Um, but one of the things that the, the Doctor has never had at this stage was um, is it a, a remote control, uh, because one mm-hmm. of the things that the Rani does is that she, they're in the mind, her and the Master... And even the masters saying, you've got a remote control. I mean, never mind that your 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 uh, you know sixty dollar Roku now is a remote control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're surprised in nineteen eighty five that you can have a remote control for your Tardis. Yeah.
0: Which and the end of this episode, the Doctor could have used it too, but instead, uh, George uh, George Stevenson um, ra- ra- gathered up. I don't know. He said about fifty. The workers, whatever, and hold the TARDIS up because, uh, at some point in this t- in this story, the the TARDIS falls into um, a mining well.
5: Yeah.
0: Uh, another but, interesting um, aspect, you know, you mentioned about the director is that the music here was a uh, this the music that you see that you hear in this story. It they originally had hired a different composer for the music, John Lewis, who had uh, composed the score. And actually, um, he was suffering, I don't know what, I don't know the particulars, but he was suffering an, Ill, an illness during it. And unfortunately, he passed away while working on the score for this. So it was never completed. And Jonathan Gibbs came in and um, without hearing what, what the previous composer did, just read the score. So I, I thought the music worked well Mostly, but there were certain scenes where it just didn't seem to work um, as well. And, and during and on the extras on the DVD, they do give you a sample of the original music. And, it, and I have to say, I like the original music as well. It's just too bad of the you know the circumstance that he was n- not able to finish it, and um, it might have been might have had a different feeling you know for the whole story if we had the original soundtrack.
1: Yeah, be interesting. You know, that was completed. You're to feel sorry for for Anthony Ainley, though. It's like the pitch on this one must have been difficult to, to kind of. Stomach. Yeah, because I mean, it's almost like a replacement.
0: Those those yeah,
1: those of you, those of us who know know that Anthony Ainley was um, independently wealthy. Um, I'm not saying he was a millionaire or anything, but. He didn't he didn't want for for anything he liked playing the master he liked you yeah know, um, he had a, a deal going with uh, the production uh, and for his continued involvement with that character and mm-hmm. uh, but again it's gonna it's gonna seem slightly strange that they're they're bringing in basically the female equivalent of his character um and, and what's more, is he 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 played second fiddle in the story mm. to the Rani, um, you know he comes off as kind of just, you know spiteful, vengeful, you know little upstart, really, rather than the um, domineering, um, take over the world kind of guy that we've seen prior, you know.
0: Mm. Yeah, and he Anthony Anley was very much uh, he. He he was very passionate about the character. He and he guarded it, and it was very much his baby in a sense. And if you've seen him in per, at, you know yeah. at conventions or whatnot, um, I think you this would have been um, you know you you would have seen this there because he just uh, he 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 really had a fondness to the to the character and and like you said, he didn't have to do it, but I think he he really enjoyed playing the master.
5: Right.
1: So yeah, it had to be a bit of a, a difficult thing to stomach, like you know, playing you know second fiddle to to Cate But it must be oh. kind of fun too, because Katamara is, you know, really was, sorry, <laughs> uh, quite a, a gifted actress, and uh, did play plays the part superbly.
0: Yeah. Now, now we lost um, them. It, both. Would
1: be, I think it would be. I think. I think it would be. I think it'd be more of an insult if you were you were being replaced by somebody who was <laughs> a bit shy at
5: it,
6: <laughs> but would you say he played second fiddle too? I mean I think it was pretty well balanced the uh, the, the, um, the, the way they had screen time and uh, I mean, you yeah. I, I know it worked yeah, screen
1: time it was fine, but the way the Rani treats the master and the master 's ultimate goal in this. Is just to, to destroy the doctor takes him down that level of 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 menace, to rather than wanting to control the earth yeah, or I, you know. I,
0: I agree with Ian. He he really was the master was observing a lot. You can see this and just watching the story. You see him just like watching characters. He wasn't really taking the lead and and steering you know the, the story as he would normally. Ah.
6: Yeah, well, I disagree there because if if you know the quite a lot of stories in the classic series where you know you see somebody hunched over a monitor and you can only see the back of them, and of course, uh, regulars things that's going to turn out to be the master, uh, and often it was, do you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But he, he would often, you know, think of. Keeper of track or something like that. He would be in that sort of watching uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and off-screen point of view and skulking about, as you might say. I've just got slightly distracted. I've just noticed that um, one of the th- other things he was in was uh, Blood on Satan's Claw, which, uh, as everybody will know, that was a Wendy Padbury uh, uh, horror. Well, she wasn't the main member of the cast. Patrick Weimar was, but. Um, I didn't realise he was in Blood of the Saint's Claw with her. But, no, uh, go, going back to this, I, I thought it, it was pretty well written to be able to have, you know, three ginormous egos, as it were, uh, in there. And you could argue with uh, uh, Stevenson, a fourth ego, um, uh, I, I think it was great. I think the only disappointment I had with the storyline was um, you kept hearing this roll call of um, great scientists and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, when I first watched it, I, years and years ago, well, perhaps not when I first watched it, when I watched it last before reviewing it for this, I seem to remember, well, how can these people from, you know, such advanced civilizations get, you know, so admired about reading names, you know, uh, you know, from the Industrial Revolution period here on Earth. And then you go back to something like uh, Star Trek Voyager, where Catherine Janeway, you know, is interested in, you know, scientists from Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci or, or whatever. The point is that uh, you've got to think that if somebody is of a highly intelligence like that, Um, They may be limited by the technology of their time, but if you could introduce them to concepts, then their intelligence would shine through. So now when I was watching it this time, and I was reading this list of scientists and and how, you know, the the master's uh, appeal to the Rani is, you know, don't you realise we've got a much bigger thing here? And the Rani says, I'm not interested in your plots of world domination. I've got my own little thing. And he says if we go ahead and, and mold this world through these people and get a conclave based together, you can have all... The, basically, he's offered her all the bodies she wanted uh, so she could uh, take this, um, you know, this material from their brains. So um, I think there's an awful lot to be said for how well-constructed this plot was. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, uh, I was watching it for this podcast again. But it wasn't—it wasn't, uh, it wasn't um, a, a trial or task by any means, uh, and uh, you know I watched it through virtually back to back, and um, the 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 whole place that it was done at gave it that authenticity. Some of the accents were a little bit overdone, but um, uh, all in all, I, I thought it was a tremendous uh, thing. Kate Amara, I mean, it, it seems unbelievable now when I think about it that the, that the Rani was only in these two stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not, not um, counting
0: dimensions and time, which we don't talk about. Um, yeah, it's... Right. It, it's, she be, the character became a legendary status just, and, and it was only in two stories. It's sort of like, um, you know... Um, the Zygons, you know, everyone, for years, people have been asking Dr. ponchak when all the Zygons are going to come back. And, and the same thing with the Ronnie people always, anytime there's a female villain introduced, you know, in an upcoming story, is it going to be the Ronnie, you know? And so it's, she, uh, the, the character gained legendary status with just two, two stories, really.
1: Right. Yeah. Sure. Like you're saying, it's like, everybody is like, uh, um, in the antipose episode, uh, uh, the nanny and that, everybody was like, oh, well, she's got a sonic device. She must be the Rani.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, you know, that uh, it phone? is amazing for just two episodes, the Rani, you know, um, stamped her at her place in, in, in the history of Doctor Who.
6: Yeah, I mean, I know some people want Joanna Lumley to be the Doctor, but I want Joanna Lumley to be the Rani.
1: Oh, <laughs> that would be fantastic,
6: actually. I'm still waiting for the return of the meddling monk. Oh, <laughs> Peter Butterfield loved, loved him. Brilliant. Brilliant. He's a, he's and another be, one that gained uh, a
0: little status there with just one, one story.
1: Yeah. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you know, a good character when, when uh, everybody wants him to come back. Um, and, and the Ronnie's no different.
6: Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did like about this, by the way, I mean, it was a historical story, and uh, one of the things was there was, a, there was a scene where the doctor was obviously fascinated by this engine, because, of course, uh, the rocket that Stevenson uh, developed, uh, which, which became you know, so important and pivotal in, uh, in transport and so on, but in actual fact, the, you know, uh, the engine he was working on was originally, as it, as it showed here, it was to do with the coal mines, and, um, there's a scene where the Doctor, you know, he, he wants to basically play with Stevenson, <laughs> with this steam-powered thing. Uh, but then there's a lovely bit in it, because um, the Doctor, uh, you know, the, Stevenson asks him to help him, and I think it would have been terrible, terrible in, in one sense, if the Doctor had told Stevenson, you know, how to make the engine be more efficient. Mm-hmm. Because that way it's like sort of taking, detracting from... A yeah. human being. There was that temptation, uh, so, but so
0: he, but he, he, didn't, yeah, he didn't go he, on. Yeah, it, he,
6: he, well, he got called away, but he couldn't. Of course, the doctor's ego, He couldn't. Um, uh, uh, he couldn't. Uh, his parting words were something like, um, "Well, it's a rocket of an idea, or something like that." He wanted to implant the word "the rocket." But yes, the he point did is they still left it. Yeah. Yeah, but he still left it that this man still achieved this uh, thing. In other words, the doctor didn't change history in terms of he invented it for him, uh, which I, I did appreciate. Yeah. And I think back in those days, the, the, the BBC were a bit more sensitive about, you know, um, you know uh, not having an effect on history uh, that, 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 that would get the educators up in arms.
0: Well, we, you know, and it, it didn't stop the doctor... Previously, you know the, the 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 great Rome, the great fire in Rome. You know, was
6: started by the doctor. Uh, the the London fires, and you know, it, 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 there's. Uh, uh, well, uh, if you're talking about the fires of Pompeii, the actual fact in the story as it was unfolding. The volcano wasn't going off. No, no, I, w- I,
0: was things things back back I, I was talking about the first doctor. I was talking about Wilmy story. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's all right. It-
6: what do you think about the? Um, I mean, um, let's get a bit armless here. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about those landmines? These uh, yeah, suddenly trees sprouting all over the way. That was a little bit hard to accept. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit silly. Um, it's a bit silly. So, well, the, 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 what's even I more know. silly is
0: I, I when, like... when the tree moved when we, when you know um, Luke that turned into a tree then was able to grab Perry. That that was a little harder to accept. I mean. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I have to stop you there. No, 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 no. Know, if, yeah, even ahead. if I was turned into a tree, I would still make a grab for Nicola Bryant.
6: Yeah, I mean the <laughs> doctor did explain then, but he said something like, "I'm not going to make any wood jumps." <laughs> <laughs> You're buying I mean, up the
5: wrong tree, admit, there, buddy. Yeah, uh,
6: when I when I watched it before, I I thought he's he's trying to, uh, you know. It's, it's, the tree's turned evil. And it was only, again, watching it now that I realised, of course, that the tree was protecting her from stepping back into the minefield. Uh, but I thought that was good. I mean, the doctor did at least make a thing. But, um, I mean, there's one, there's one bit where the doctor's been carried on this sort of pole uh, by these people, and these mm-hmm. mines... Uh, I mean, it was a bit unbelievable that the mines had been planted too, pl- so close that he's, the six-foot pole he was on you know, became the two trees. Yeah, yeah. But then, as he slipped from that, There's there one, was another one yeah. below him. So there were like three within six feet, where we saw uh, the Rani. Um, it also reminded me a little bit of the five doctors, where they're, um, they're stepping across the chestboard, and, chessboard easy as pie. and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah the, the the way they were laid out. Yeah, I, I thought
0: Perry, you know, was looking down, looking for I think for vermilion or whatever the um, the plant that she was looking for to help induce do sleep. And she, she's, de- we can see the minds ourselves, the audience, and I don't know how she's missing them, but you know, she's deliberately l- looking down, you know, whatever. But it's it's one of those things that especially since
1: they're making that bleep 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 noise.
6: Yeah. <laughs> well, they they, what they did is when when they were actually laying them, they showed her covering them. But when they wanted to show danger, they were obviously highly visible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, they stick out because they got these keypads. You know, they, they, they don't look anything like, you know, industrial. They, they, they're obviously futuristic devices. And, and speaking about sticking out, we know the doctor, you know, outfit ensemble tends to stick out. But other than the master making a mention, uh, which we heard in the previous clip about his clothes, you know, he wears yellow trousers and... Uh, um, an abominable, I don't know, he said something about it, an atrocious coat or whatever. I forgot the, the exact words that he used, but none of the other characters from this uh, time gorgeous period. Gorgeous
1: code, I think. I think gorgeous, gorgeous Well, code.
0: Uh, But none of the other characters in this That's... story seems to phase them at all. You know, they just, you know, um, make no mention of it and he just blends right in. Yeah. Uh,
6: no, there was a lot. I mean, the only other thing that uh, I thought. Didn't quite ring true. Is when, when these fellows came out of the bathhouse the first time and they're all invigorated. You know, they gone in, they could hardly move. They came out, and, uh, and the first thing they mm-hmm. see was this man. It wasn't selling chestnuts. I think he was roasting potatoes or something. And they kick it all over. Now, if I'd have been directing that, uh, I wouldn't have had the little kids playing football with the bloody potatoes. I'd have a, I'd have a load of waves and strafes, uh, sort of diving on the potatoes and running away with them because that might be the only food they ate that day. You know, um, that that was um, one thing that I, I picked up on that. Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, life it, it's is hard, hard in
6: those days. I mean...
0: Well, I, for, I, mean, I was just saying, you know, if, if we're going to... Um, since we're on a little bit more of a critical um, run right here, I, I thought some of the fighting scenes, some of the sequences there didn't come across as well as they could have there there were some scenes that it just looked a little bit staged you know as it, it didn't the maybe it was the camera angles i'm not sure exactly you know Some maybe the timing on some of the stunt people uh, oh speaking of stunts colin baker uh we you know dave you mentioned before about him going down he was he was put on this um this um Cart or whatever, and it was going down this um, this pathway, and it reminds us of Spearhead from Space, with you know the Third Doctor. I think it was on a wheelchair in, in that case. But the, Colin Baker on the on the um, on the extras here talks about that he did his own stunts here. He broke he um, he dislocated his pinky, and when he was hanging on the from the chains um, above the the chasm going into the to the mine well,
2: right. Well,
0: well, well. The Rani.
8: You were expecting to see the master?
3: To see? Not exactly. He was burnt to a crisp the last time I saw him.
8: Your smugness is misplaced. He's here. He's very much alive, and he wants vengeance. Curse the pair of you.
3: Well, since we're insulting each other, I can't say I care much for your taste in clothes. doesn't do a thing for you.
8: Mm. Your regeneration's not too attractive, either. But at least I can change my appearance. You're stuck with what you've got
3: our faces of no importance brain regeneration's what i need i should have been able to pin this one down to you personality changes probably due to an imbalance in body chemicals yes you're the obvious culprit well you had me fooled if that's any
8: consolation it isn't
3: you'd have been discovered eventually you know even without my intervention well, i never have oh
8: well this isn't your first visit i've been coming to this wretched planet for centuries
3: without being discovered Well, I'm impressed. You're obviously a brilliant tactician as well as a brilliant chemist.
8: Oh, it isn't difficult. These humans you so admire are a feckless lot, always in disarray. The Trojan Wars, the Dark Ages, the American War of Independence.
3: And now the Luddite riots.
8: Perfect cover.
3: Cover, yes. But for what? I think I've got it. You're extracting a chemical from the brain. The result is the victims become violent, aggressive, can't rest... That's it, the chemical that
8: promotes sleep. I begin to understand why the master finds you such a menace.
0: Well, there you go. That's um, Colin Baker discovering the the Ronnie, the uh, not the Colin, well, the Sixth Doctor.
1: <laughs> Who me?
0: <laughs> yes.
6: <laughs> yeah, I have you Right.
5: Uh, uh,
6: yeah, just you away from the story a minute. I mean. One of the extras on it is a, a lovely little uh, feature. It's from the Saturday S- Superstore, which is one of the kids' programmes. I mean, there's a lovely blue... Well, actually, the blue Peter one is a bit of a historical one. But it's, it, that's quite interesting because it has Peter Purves presenting mm, it. Yeah. And of course, Peter played uh, Stephen with the uh, former early Doctor. But yeah. um, this Saturday... Yeah, they've got this call in. One of the, girl, one of the people that calls in is a, is a girl called Nicola Bryant. Uh, talking to Nicola Bryant on Saturday's Superstore. <laughs> and then they take another one and it's the master and it's uh, Anthony Amesley that calls in as the master calling the Doctor out. There's some great extras. There's, um, uh, uh, there's an alternative soundtrack. Uh, there's the Doctor Who annual if you have a DVD, to put, uh, a computer to put it in um, there's a photo gallery, uh, some uh, now and then showing this, uh, the place where it was filmed, what it looks like, and um, uh, production subtitles, and then commentaries, uh, Colin Baker, uh, Nicola Bryant, Kate Amara. And um, there's this, um, this a piece with Nicola Bryant talking as well, and, and Pippa. And uh, the reason I mention this and take a little bit of time uh, to talk about it is that... Um, one of the things about the the two missing DVDs that we talked about recently, uh, Lewis, you know, the Enemy two, of the World the two and stories, The yes. Fear, yeah, they, they were rushed out, uh, and and I'm not decrying that because there was people wanted to see them. Uh, but there was virtually n- no extras on those; uh, just a little trailer, I think, on each one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's nice to see this, as you say, you get it, and you think, "God, there's only two episodes." I paid full price for something, and is that. But there is an awful lot of uh, stuff on here.
0: Yeah, it's always that's uh, we were saying before when we were talking about streaming services. The advantage with discs and disc services like Netflix is that you get the extras. So it's always you know um, when it when it comes to Doctor Who you know it's always great to have those discs because of those extras, and especially with the um you know stuff from the past it's um you don't get it you don't get to see those i mean they didn't they didn't produce those extras at the time these are new extras that are being done now, so it's um you know sometimes uh, like with the newer episodes of Doctor Who they had um you know th- th- they may have tacked on some either BBC America or BBC itself, uh, you know, these behind the scenes, little segments or uh, interviews with actors and whatnot. And back then in the day, at least in the U S you didn't see that. Uh, obviously in the UK, you, you could tune into uh, blue Peter or, or whatnot and see some stuff like that.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: So, but speaking of seeing stuff, it's, you know, it was always good in the, um, you know when we see the Master's TARDIS interior because we only see the Doctor's TARDIS, and here we get to see another TARDIS, the interior of the Ron Well, we see the exterior too, but I think they did an outstanding job. I think that was I remember at the time, you know, back in nineteen eighty-five, being wowed by that because um, you know they they were very creative and it had a very it, it had a great look, you know, at, at that time. I mean, we, we've we've been they spoiled t- since because now you know. They they have the budget to do a little bit more elaborate interior sets, but back then, you know, for that time, they did a great job there with that with the Ronnie's TARDIS.
6: I, I like the exterior. I think the exterior worked rather well yeah, as well. Yeah,
0: I mean, we, we didn't get much, we, we it just comes off as a almost like a, a cupboard or a, or a wardrobe closet or something like that. I mean, we don't really see much of it in, in the in the story, but.
6: But it has like two vertical light strips yes. on it, and
0: yeah. um,
6: similar to the like to, to the,
0: the police box uh, light on the top.
5: Yeah,
0: it they would pulsate as it was um, dematerializing. Uh,
6: no, I think it was all good. I mean, there's. Uh, uh, Things like that had been well thought out. I mean, there was this gas that was used and the, these sort of gas masks that they had were these mm. futuristic-looking gas masks. Uh, and then there's the bit where the doctors, would you say, the doctors strapped this uh, track and uh, uh, this is the first time when uh, George Stevenson comes into the story. And... Um, just just like a doctor or anybody who's a, a real scientist, he, he stops the doctor going down the shaft, but then instead of releasing him from this, uh, his bonds, he said, oh, that's a strange metal. I've never seen that metal before. A <laughs> uh, uh, very doctorish in, in, in the sense. And the doctor says, right. well, that's all very well, but release me. And yeah. um, I thought that worked. That scene was really good.
1: Oh, and speaking of extras, as always, I always have to put a word in for the for the info text.
3: Ah, indeed.
1: If, if if you haven't discovered this yet on a Doctor Who DVD, always watch it for the info. Turn the info text on and watch it again.
0: Yes. Because it's fantastic. Great information. Yeah,
1: you know, It's that next level of, of information, of, of uh, telling you, you know, I mean, it can be as, as, as simple as it was raining on the day that they filmed this, and so it was very, very difficult to some really in-depth stuff about, yeah, scene you know, by scene. casting or,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. It'll that's, tell that's,
1: you about the location filming. And,
0: it's always great stuff watching that, you know, and you, you you get that much more out of the DVD. Again, that's another asset about having the DVD over streaming services right. and stuff like that.
1: Especially if it's written by Paul Schoonz.
6: <laughs> I was waiting <laughs> and for that. to get
1: that. a name drop in there. Yes, he is a good guy. Paul Schoon's name drop.
6: Uh, Paul. Paul Paul Schoon's one week. John Barryman the next. I don't know. Gigi Edgley another.
1: Oh, did I tell you that I met John Barryman?
6: Yeah, I, I think we <laughs> failed to mention that.
1: Hello,
0: nurse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, back to Earth.
0: <laughs> well, what yeah, else it's, is- it's it's
1: a nice little episode. Um, it you know. Um, it's an '80s episode. What do you want? Um,
0: well, it, it, okay, that, that's a good masters. point. It's, it, this is when this went out. Unfortunately, the news also was came out when this was um, when when this was being transmitted. That that doctor Who was going to go on hiatus. They they had they had stories lined up and writers lined up, and they were about to begin production. Right. So this was sort of a a, a big. You know, down in a, you know, not in the, obviously not in the episode itself, but it coinciding with this, that um, a big bomb of bad news for Doctor Who fans. Right.
5: Doctor in distress.
1: yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> hey. Let me ask you, the But yeah, it, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, my wrap up, I don't know if we've got to that point yet, but uh, it, it's a good episode. I mean, I don't mind watching it. Um, yeah, there's some liberties taken with history, but uh, anytime you can introduce. Hello? Hello?
6: <laughs> Hello?
1: Hello? 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 We
6: changed into a tree. <laughs>
1: uh oh. Oh, trouble now. Still turned to <laughs> All right, all right,
0: all right.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's really one of those things that you just really kind of cringe and think about. It's like you know. Really? That's what you were doing? I mean, basically they were doing a, a, a um, uh, yeah, Band-Aid type thing. You know, for anybody who doesn't know what that reference means, uh, yes. look it up. Um, which, basically which to, to live feed aid. starving people in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> you get Live Aid, Band-Aid, you know, trying to feed people in Africa. Mm-hmm. And then Doctor Who does their own thing. To bring back Doctor Who. It's just, it's cringeworthy, not just because of the music, just because of the fact that really, um, it's kind of like saying, you know, uh, you're trying to raise money for homeless people, and then somebody comes out with a thing saying that they really miss the well,
2: grape flavored
1: um, candy.
0: Didn't they whatever money they did raise from that dinner it go to some charity? If I'm not mistaken, I, 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 I don't I'm i sure. But it's
1: just still one of those kind of like that's what you were complaining about, you know? Hey, <laughs> Doctor Who's going on hiatus. People are complaining oh, right this, now; they have to wait have eight this. months
0: for uh, for new Doctor Who. You know, it's uh, well now we're in April, but it's <laughs> <laughs> eight months is too long to wait. But back then, fifteen. Bring back Peter Capaldi. <laughs>
1: Oh dear!
0: Don't hesitate.
1: Some fans have a lot to answer for, (laughs) and some producers have a lot to answer for.
0: Well, we won't get into that.
1: Back, back to the story at hand. The the, the, the Mark the Running, I think, is a good story, Um, except for the Mark being just like. Red yeah, what's the mark. story
0: with that? I mean, oh, not only that, thing. it changes size depending on. It, changes size. Yeah. yeah, it seems when like it's really big on some people and bigger. really and smaller on the others. And uh, th- 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 this is the the tool that the Ronnie uses. <sighs> well, <you> know, uh, <laughs> and leaves a mark around uh, uh, oh on the neck. My. Thing, but
1: <laughs> My mark's bigger than yours is. <laughs> oh my!
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, it's sort of like a hickey on the neck. Except for it's yeah, perfectly. Yeah, like ronnie has been
1: like, yeah, ronnie has been sucking all of these people's necks.
6: <laughs> oh, you have to stop it soon. You'll be talking about leather pants. <laughs> oh, well, are we back it, to John Barrowman like, again?
1: Something like that.
0: <laughs>
1: Jodpers, yeah, we're wearing lots of jobbers from now
0: on. Well, we have one last clip and then, we'll, yeah, me we'll...
1: personally, not. not
0: <laughs> oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to talk But bet Jane
1: Baker would be the dead leather.
8: Uh. where are we going back you incompetent agorist give me my file
4: this the precious brain fluid and I thought you were waiting for me
8: if I didn't need that desperately I'd have put light years between us
4: what better reason could I have for keeping it
8: you'll play that card once too often with you on the scene I might be wiser to cut my losses and go
4: Perhaps this will make you change your mind. Read it.
8: The meeting's been cancelled?
4: You no, know, it was never delivered. Well. You disappoint me. A scientist and you're not thinking objectively. Davy, Faraday, Telford and others. Over 20 men of genius. Have you no conception of what we could achieve if we controlled them? Harness their genius and this planet could become the platform for the most devastating power in the universe.
8: You're forgetting I already rule a planet, Maya
4: Help me and I promise you. All the facilities you need. Instead of sneaking back here in disguise, you'll be able to set up a laboratory and process as many humans as you choose. A hundred, a thousand, there are millions of them. What
8: guarantee would I have?
4: My need. That unique box of parasites will not go far. Only you have the formula.
8: The Time Lords will never permit it.
4: <laughs> Who's going to alert them?
8: Indeed. We must hurry. Hurry.
4: Haven't you overlooked something? You can hardly take them out onto the streets.
8: No, you're right. I can't. <laughs>
5: the
4: mark of the Rani.
0: That's the mark. The title of the episode. <laughs> have you Sorry, been what? talking
6: about. we been talking about Mark of the Rani. Uh, <laughs> I think so. It's,
0: over it's always time for the Rani. do oh, you want to go
6: first, Lewis? Well, I thought this is, I, you know,
0: obviously it's a significant episode. It introduces the Rani. It has the return of the Master. Um, the Rani becomes this, like, legendary status. We see her again, uh, you know, um, shortly, you know, after, after, well, not, we, we have another series. And then after, um, no, you know, the hiatus and all that, and then... uh Time, time of the Rani introduces a uh, Sylvester McCoy, and we But uh, we're not talking about that story. We're not. <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I, yeah. nope. I. I have to say yes. I, I do enjoy this immensely more than Time of the Rani. It's. It's hard to get through that. It was. A, it was a bit of a chore reviewing that when we did like four years ago. But this, I you know, the, I thought the pacing here was a little slow. Uh, you know, when when you compare, we just reviewed two Trouton episodes. Um, the the um enemy of the world and the web of fear and i thought like the enemy of the world the pacing was much faster for a 1968 you know story compared to to this one though they're two different stories so you know every, you know not every story has to have the
6: same pacing so um i but they are six episodes i mean yes remember this yeah. is only equivalent to four yeah so and and you um so the fact that they kept that pacing up for six episodes was brilliant yeah yeah
0: um the, sorry the ronnie's makeup in this that there were some scenes that it just seemed a little harsh you know i think maybe they made up for it in time of the ronnie where uh she had a different look and uh, maybe a little less harsh makeup though she was dressed up as mel at one point which we, we won't get into that but <laughs> this, um <laughs> but i think overall i i enjoyed the the historical nature of this story um i, I you know i i I love that the, the Ronnie's TARDIS and um you know, I, I think she was a good character to introduce, you know, and it's it's good to see um you know, a, a major female character, you know, as a nemesis uh once again in, in the series and an ongoing um character at that, another time lord or time lady, though they didn't use the term time lady in this story, but um there are obviously uh no. three Time Lords here. It's it's a rare treat that we get to, a story of that, you know, nature. Um, I'm going to give it three and a half TARDIS groans um, out of five. I, 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 I did enjoy it, and I, um, I there's a bit of a nostalgia there, because I, I do remember seeing, um, if not this, I think this was presented in, in that convention I was talking about with John Nathan Turner and Colin Baker back in February 1985, so it was, um, it was a real treat seeing this, if not before the UK, but at the same time as the UK, which at Now we take it for granted, you know, um, here today in the U.S. seeing Doctor Who immediately. But back in the day, there was like months of wait that, you you know, or or you you get your hands on a DVD, not a DVD. We didn't have DVDs at the time, a VHS tape that was that a camcorder was used to record off a UK PAL screen. (laughs) <laughs> it's a flicker. You would get a headache watching. Sure. Here, you're all excited to see new Doctor Who, and you come away with a with a glaring headache because of the the, the pulsating, flashing of the, you know, using a camera against another, you know, pal, um, you know, uh, you know, one of those old analog television sets and all that. But, um, yeah. So, uh, uh like I said, I, I think it's um, it, it, and, it, and what's to, and in comparison to Time of the Rani, yeah, I think it's. It's light years ahead.
1: Who goes next, Dave? you for it.
6: <laughs> you go. Go on.
0: All right. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a perfectly serviceable story. Um, we get a great introduction to a, to to like we've said earlier a character that's that's lasted in the mythology of, of Doctor Who. You know, continually crops up. Uh, uh-huh. I I don't mind the tree effect. The whole tree thing does not bother me. Um, I quite like it. For the time that the story was made, uh, the 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 mines that she laid, the effect uh, of, of of bringing the tree into existence, I think works really really well. Um, I I kind of watch it and go, you know, that I don't see them doing anything better than that with a. Uh, practical effect, you know, anywhere. Um, a- again, uh, we're, we're introducing historical characters uh, into a story. Uh, and anytime you introduce a historical character, if it means somebody will look them up and and mm-hmm. to find out a little bit more as to why and how and you know, what were the Luddite riots, you know, um, it even if it's not you know, pinpoint accurate or even if it's not <laughs> 60% accurate, at least people will, you know, some people will go and, and check out the facts and, and, and look into it. So, uh, historical accuracy is not necessarily a necessity in an Doctor Who story, um, involving a historical character. Um, uh, can sometimes be a plus, you
0: know, and, and educational. Oh, absolutely. Um, I agree. I, I, mean, it- I, I love the young Indiana Jones Chronicles for that reason as well, because it, you know, it showed a little right. history. It got people interested. So even though, in reality, Indiana Jones weren't with these historical figures, it it opened up, um, and I don't want to just say young people, but people of any age watching it. Uh, you know, myself, you know, I may not know who uh, George Stevenson is, so, you, you know, now you can find out for yourself and what significance he had, you know, as a engineer and, um, you know, and, and what role he played in history.
5: Right.
1: I still, uh, I'm probably going to give it just three Tadus Uh just because the way that the master is kind of misused, I mean, he does have the scheme of like, well, you know, if we used all these geniuses that are coming here, you know, to our own means. I, I'm still not sure how that works out to be a, a, a grand plan. Um,
0: yeah. He seems to be only out for vengeance on, on the doctor. He doesn't seem, yeah. that like, seems to be his only plot in this story. It's, just, it's a shame he was on Veros. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which was um, immediately before this.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, he does have this 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 other plan, but it still doesn't seem like a a, a, a well thought out one because I, I really don't see how harnessing the intellect of people uh, from this age uh, is any better than you
5: mm.
1: using your own intellect. You're a Time Lord, for crying out loud! You've mastered time travel. Uh, your intellect surely is leaps and bounds. You know, but yeah, what do I know? What do I know? Um, but still, you know, I give it, I give it three Tardis groans, Very just because of misuse of the Master. How's that? Uh,
6: yeah. I, 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 Dave, I can. I can well, what them? do I know? I know a bit more no, than Ian. I, I know a bit more than Ian. Uh, first of all... With, uh, <laughs> he was there with Stevenson. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was ready for that one. I was not there when the Luddites... My mother was born about 100 years after that, so I'm, I'm well separated from that event. But, um, I mean... George Stephen, he doesn't claim, as it says here on the wiki page, to have invented the locomotive, but um, his work on the Stockton to Darlington Railway, which is the first railway, and the Liverpool to Manchester Railway. Manchester, yay, where I live. Um, and one of the things that you can uh, attribute him to is the, the standard gauge for railways that's throughout most of the world, although I think America has a wider gauge than us. Um, Because he realised that at some point all these railway lines would come together and he was far-sighted enough for that. And he's one of Britain's 100 Greatest Britons. Now, before you start yawning, let me move away from that. Um, I I liked it a lot. One of the uh, things that I made another connection with is um, I made a connection with Star Trek The Next Generation. You think, what? He's losing his marbles. Well, the thing I'm talking about here is the Times Amazing. Arrow, uh, the two-part episode, because in the Times Arrow, you had a story where we have these aliens that um, that visits Earth, um, and they take place in the 19th century cholera. cholera. Uh, outbreak to draw the life force from humans in affected air- areas. So you remember, you know, mm-hmm. Bez- uh, Beverly Crusher goes to this hospital and so on, and that you see this man with this sort of uh, crooked stick uh, draining things from the people's heads. Uh, so that was a little bit of a, a nod, indeed, to the story. And, and this and predates was, it. Um, this is in, this is 1985. No, yeah, this is, yeah, this predates it. And that was nineteen, and that was nineteen ninety two when that happened. Uh, other reasons why I like it, I like, like you said, Lewis. I like the, uh, the, um, the, the, tar, the her Tardis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the fact that um, you know she had that. Uh, you know they admired because she had that uh, remote control. And let's face it, I mean Ian's going to appreciate this. Wherever you get one Time Lord kicking another Time Lord in the ghouls, which she did <laughs> to stop the Master, <laughs> that that must be worth watching. Um, and then there was another great quote in it um, where the Master says to her, um, "In tandem, you and I will rule the universe." And that took me straight away to Blake Seven and Servalan and Avon. Uh, you know, and uh, Avon's uh, great replies. That was. What are you talking about? I'd be dead with Inside a Week because Serviland would have got rid of him as soon as that would have been achieved. But it was a great line in in this particular story. So I think it worked really well. I think um, it worked. I mean, I think I would have rather watched it as a four-part story. It certainly wouldn't have stretched mm-hmm. to six parts. As you said, Lewis, the, the, the two missing episodes we did, um, Enemy and uh, Web... Uh, they, they had much more content. I think this would have worked as a four-part story equally as well as it did as a two-part story. I think the the, uh, the quality of the, you know, the costuming, the fact that they had this gift of a place to actually set it in, the the authenticity that that brought to it, awful lot. I mean, um, what else can I say? I mean, the... the uh, one of the other actors, and I think we ought to mention him, is um, yes. Lord, the, the chap who played Lord Ravencraft, mm-hmm. uh, Terence Alexander. He's been in an absolute unbelievable uh, list of uh, shows uh, on TV. Uh, it's almost too much to actually read out here, but um, uh, I'm sure many people watching this on DVD will uh, recognise him. He's, you know, he's the actual... Uh, uh, lead character in this, because, as I said, unfortunately we didn't see many of these scientists. That would have uh, worked really well. Um, so what do I think? I'm a little bit like you. I'm, I'm, I'm vacillating between three or four TARDIS groans. I'm being time dilated between each of those choices. <laughs> I, I gave, I think I gave, yeah, I think I gave four... Four and a half did I have for the others, and I can't quite give it that, but it's almost a four. It's a strong three and a half. It's almost a four out of five, and it's, it, it's worth double the TARDIS groans of Time and the Rani. So, mm. uh, yeah, let's give, it, let's give it a four. And the, let, I'll tell you what, I'll give the DVD four out of five because of all those extras that are upon it. Mm. Yeah. There you go.
0: Yeah, they had the, totally. the making of uh, Mark, the Mark of the Rani, which was good, and then then and now. Well, you already went through it, so I won't, but they, it's, a, it's a good um, yeah. batch yeah. of extras. All right. Indeed. Well, good show. Good show. Oh, and, we, and also, the uh, I also like the fact that, you know, the Rani has these uh, embryos of Tyrannosaurus rex on the TARDIS, and there's no explanation why... You know, you just have to imagine some sort of scheme she's doing. She might be experimenting or doing something. uh, And and I I just like the fact that, you know, they didn't bother. I like when there's mystery in Doctor Who. Indeed. All right. Well, let's get to feedback. And we do have um, a couple of feedbacks, a couple of quick feedbacks that we're going to get to. As always, uh, we welcome your feedback. You know, it doesn't, you know... It doesn't have to be about this story that we're reviewing, but it could be about anything as long as it's Doctor Who related. You can use the Pawchuck public call box to send us your feedback. It works just like voicemail. You simply call 206-337-4699. And uh, like I said, it's, um, it works just like voicemail. Leave a short message, no more than three minutes uh, or less. Add your name so that you know we can introduce you. Uh, or you can use your smartphone and just record a, a voice memo and email it to us at feedback at podchock.net. Um, and I'm saying this only because it's an audio podcast and we prefer audio feedback, but if you want to send us a um, an email just with text, we'll take that too. And again, the, the email address is feedback at podchock.net. Um, if you want to, you know, sometimes the phone number, the pawchak public call box number, does change, unfortunately. And if you just want to verify that you have the latest number. Go to and if you call the number, if it's not me answering it, you know it's probably been changed. But go to podshock.net, our website, um, gallifrenemiesy.org, and on the top there, there's a little um, tab for feedback, and that will tell you the, the you know how to send feedback and what the latest number is. So uh, first up is um, in in feedback is Andrew from Minnesota, and this is what Andrew had to say. <laughs>
2: This is Andrew from Minnesota. I recently joined as Blue Box Roadster. Uh, Just letting you know, I I recently um, came across Podshock, and I'm currently up to episode 54. And, yes, I do have a ways to go, but actually it's kind of fun uh, listening to um, your guessing and and thoughts about what's to come, like Sarah Jane Adventures and the new Doctor Who season at that time. But, actually, I was curious, in one of the previous um, pot Shocks. Lewis had mentioned, um, he might reconsider love and monsters and, uh, fear her, um, if you were able to watch it in a few years. Well, some time's gone by and I wonder if Lewis has reconsidered his, um, TARDIS groans for, for those episodes. Anyway, um, cheerio from Minnesota. Thank you very much.
5: Yeah.
0: Just like we keep saying people are watching Doctor Who episodes at their own time. You know, people may not have seen uh, Time of the Rowney, That's uh, not uh, Mark of the Rowney rather, or either one. So we give these spoiler warnings. So uh, I guess the same goes with Dr. Pachak. People are, are listening to them going back to the beginning. And I, I, I pity those early episodes. Well, actually episode one is really cringeworthy uh, because of some of the technical um, things that we were dealing with with that first episode. But you know what you, uh, you live and learn and we go on and, uh, here we are in episode three o one and um but going back to um to the question love and monsters and fear her, have I reconsidered um well i to be honest, I have yet to rewatch them again I haven't brought myself to rewatch them again, though eventually I think I will, but uh I still have <laughs> it's it it, it it I've been that traumatized <laughs> that now what is it s- um, seven years eight how many years it's been now since um, six or seven years since um, those two episodes went out, I still haven't brought myself to be able to re-watch them again.
5: Uh, you know. <laughs> you,
0: you've
6: not been scribbling on a paving stone? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I, you
1: know, I, I will. I, I would reconsider, but 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 uh, um, fear her. Oy. Oy, yeah. oy, oy, oy.
6: It's a toss-up which is worst for my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it
0: was it was hard enough just rewatching Time and the Roundy. <laughs> now, well, some people enjoy. They call it. me Lindy, You know. <laughs> so, um, actually, I, I didn't. I, the the Linda aspect of that of Love and Monsters, I did like. Um, as I recall, that,
6: that um, but I think most people just enjoyed the music on it. I don't remember
0: okay i will give i'll give it the music i don't remember or or did, no wait a minute didn't it have cartoon no that was like sound effects it had i remember like scooby doo type of, yeah. of of effects like sound effects in it or whatever i don't know i remember there there was a lot of scooby doo comparisons i was making at the time scooby who all
6: right well um <laughs> no that was that yeah okay <laughs>
0: Well, Andrew, thank you for your feedback. Um, I um, when I do rewash it, when I do revisit, it, I'll, I'll talk about it on Doctor Who You can rest assured about that. I, I, I do have it on DVD. It was on, it was included in the sets? I just have to, you know, get myself. Maybe I need some wine. Maybe I just need to get myself, you know, lubricated enough. <laughs> <laughs>
6: there we and go. Exactly. I mean, the best, the, the best thing about that episode was Mark Warren, to my mind. I mean, uh, he's been in lots of great stuff since uh, uh, he appeared in uh, was it Life on Mars and lots of other stuff. Uh, he mm-hmm. was he was brilliant in it. All
0: right. Well, the next piece of feedback was a piece of email that we got, and um, it was sent um, just uh, when our last episode now, out, episode 300, and um, I thought it was an email to me at first, at my my email app, um, you know, put it in the, in the feedback folder, but it didn't label it as such. I need to re-examine my rules, but whatever. I, I answered it as if it was a personal email. So, um, this was from Maylar of Ultha and that, that's, that's the only name I have to go by on the email. And he writes, uh, congrats on your 300th episode. It is yours definitely the oldest Doctor Who podcast? Thanks. And as I said, I um, at first I thought it was just a, an email to myself before I realized it was sent to the feedback address so I had wrote back to him and um, so I'll just write back I'll just read off what I wrote to him so I answered back to him Hi Maylar, Mayar of Ulthar Thanks, although we just released episode 300 of Doctor Who it wasn't our 300th episode since we had released other episodes that didn't follow the numbering scheme such as various two-part episodes and the many Aftershock episodes so our 300th episode was probably released some 30 episodes ago. This summer, we'll be celebrating our ninth anniversary. We began in the summer of 2005, recording our first episode in July 2005. We were to start earlier that year, but unfortunately, I came down with a case of bronchitis, and therefore, I didn't have the voice for it. Uh, So it was put off until later that year in the summer. It worked out that it coincided with the 20th anniversary of the Gallifrey Embassy at that time, so it, it kind of worked out that way. Uh, we When we did launch, there was another podcast about Doctor Who out there. It was hosted by Tom Hunt, and it was called Podcast Who, if I recall correctly. Uh, he was reviewing new Doctor Who episodes at the time, starring Christopher Eccleston. And the podcast ran for, I, I, forgive me because I don't remember exactly, I think it ran for a couple of years before it came to an end. I believe uh, we had Tom on our show on Doctor Who Podstock on episode 73. So yes, we are the longest running Dr. Who podcast to our knowledge. Um, thanks again. And, um, that, that's that, that sums up that.
1: Yeah. I miss Tom Bill He seems like a very, very nice man.
0: I don't know where he's at
1: today. I remember listening yeah, I don't to know. Him. Uh, yeah. I remember listening to, to, to you guys and, and to him at the same time. And, uh, yeah. And then he just kind of, uh, disappeared. Um, uh,
0: well, there's a term – I don't I don't think it's used sure. that often today, but at the time it was a term called pod fading where people uh, – many podcasts, you know, after a certain amount of time would kind of drift off and uh, – because, I mean, I, I don't mean to – you know, I, as a podcast, I don't mean to um, – you know, it, it, there's a lot of work involved. Sometimes people get into it thinking it's going to be X amount of work and then it turns out to be a little bit more And um, and it's – you know, so sometimes – it gets a little overwhelming, or sometimes life just comes into hand. I, I, I don't mean to attribute any of this to Tom Dillahunt. I'm I, I'm just talking generally here. Right. Um, uh, and sometimes life comes up. You know, either you start a family, or uh, or other things in life, an illness, or or, or just work schedules, and um, and and you know, the, the show sort sort of drifts off a bit. Or you get a, uh, yeah, a I mean, super it, it, storm coming and, <laughs> and uh, destroys everything and you got to start rebuilding from scratch again. And, uh, you know, we, uh, to that point, uh, for, for those that are that may be um, wondering, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi and, um, and the Sonic News Driver, I, I do plan on getting those shows back on track. I, I, my first priority was getting Dr. Podcast back on track after um, our, uh, you know, sparring with Mother Nature.
6: <laughs> uh, well, that little clip that, did, that Ian did uh, for me, which was great that you played, thank yes, you Lewis, yeah. for playing that, uh, which mentioned CIA. I mean, CIA started uh, uh, middle of 2007, uh, with West Hubbard, of course, and mm-hmm. uh, Ian and myself sort of uh, uh, led that for some he- 100 episodes um, so, it, uh, I mean, c- uh, can you believe 2005 that Doctor Who came back? I mean, it i know it's almost very soon be on the 10th anniversary of Doctor Who. Yeah, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I don't know where time goes. Well, I don't know where time goes with, with this episode. <laughs> we're, we're past the two-hour mark, So uh, thank you for all those that hanged, hung in there. And if you want to, if you're really adventurous and you really want to hear more uh, from, especially from Dave and Ian, you can catch them on the Cultum Collective every Sunday at 2 p.m. on TalkShoe. And Dave is going to tell you the TalkShoe ID number.
6: It's 54821. But, of course, you can find us on iTunes and many other things. In fact, I just sent a, a little uh, 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 spreadsheet to in because we now need a spreadsheet to mention all the different podcast directories that you can find us on. So mm-hmm. there you oh, go.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, tune into that as well. Uh, I don't know if, if there's anything that you want to plug as far as any upcoming... Um, things that you're doing on—it's not just Doctor Who that they do. They—they they cover the Cultum Club, and, and and when I say Cultum, it will be sent. It's Cultum, D C L C U L T T D O M, Just in case you're doing a search and you don't know what yeah. I'm what what I'm saying.
6: <laughs> I'm sorry, it Dave. It will be go sensational. Ahead. It'll be sensational, relevant, interesting, great, and sometimes Ian will be on it.
1: Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm doing a West Hubbard at the moment.
6: <laughs> He's so in demand.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both for taking time out of the Cultum Collective um, schedule to, uh, to, to um, grace us with your presence here. And it's, it's always a delight having you both. It's always fun having you both here.
1: You're very gracious. Yes. Thank you very much, sir.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah. And thank you for listening. I know it's been a it's been a long show, but hopefully a fun one. It's been fun for us. So until exactly. the next time, and that's she- all that matters. Yes, that's all that matters. <laughs> it's fun for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your ears may be bleeding, but it's been fun for us. <laughs> yeah, and my wine lasted to the end. Oh wow! Ooh. Well, until next time, cheers, everyone. Bye bye. Duggan you have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock presented to you by the fan run Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com this has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the PodChalk Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit ArtTrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts.
8: What's wrong? It's our speed. It's increasing. And reduce it! You ass and I'm what do you imagine I'm trying to
5: do?